pretty you should watch Dirty Money, the last uh, documentary. Okay, I I've only seen the first episode so far. But watch the one that focuses on Donald Trump. They explain they they interview the producers of the of that show. And yeah, it's basically they're saying that the whole thing was a charade because he doesn't own a office like that or anything like that. When it's like when they when they got into the real office, it's like. Well, man, this is a worn-out desk. It's not as luxury as the show in The Apprentice. Yeah. They're like, we have to gloss out this whole shit. So I guess people got that idea that... Especially for the for the dad, not really for him, because what's a name that says, like, oh, it's a real, uh, real still t- uh, tycoon, but... Yeah. Like, if you check his history of um, business ventures... Yeah. No, no, man. You you remember the John Oliver episode where they said his name is actually Donald Drumpf, and they changed Trump? it to yeah yeah it's a D R U M P F Drumpf, um, and on last week tonight they made an extension that okay. you could download. So every time you see Trump's name, like on yeah, Google yeah, Chrome. Yeah. I still have that extension enabled, so I only know him by Donald Trump. Uh, and it's been like that since I installed it the day that episode of Last Week Tonight came out. And honestly, if I see the name Trump, it doesn't register with me. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm like, yeah, that's not his name. It's, I've had it for over two years, just on Google Chrome, it's pretty good. Speaking of HBO, it's uh, season two of Westworld. I don't have HBO. I don't have HBO. Why? So, everyone, welcome to Retrograders. Are you actually recording? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's actually, I, I, I had to. It's the last time, right? It's the last time, everyone. Hey, listeners, welcome to Retrograders. It's the final. I didn't get to use my uh, second favorite word in the English language, penultimate, last week because we didn't do a show. Uh, My favorite word, by the way, is fruition. So we're bringing the final episode to fruition right now. Following the uh, penultimate? Following the absent and lost forever penultimate show that we was supposed to be on Super Troopers. Hopefully you watched it. Hopefully you liked it. I'd say it's a B. Uh, I give it an A. Okay. <laughs> Double A rating for free. It's an A, yeah. Yeah, I okay. can see a comedy getting it. Fine, it's a gold seal winner. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Someone really cares about those gold seals? Well, I actually tally them all up um, uh, on here. It's kind of funny. So uh, I actually made a mistake when we announced all of our gold seals uh, back in the uh, yearly wrap-up for last year. Um, I wasn't entirely truthful because I missed a few. I missed uh, a few, actually. Uh, so it's Alien, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, Con Air, yeah, Blade Runner, Scrooge from 1951, Jingle All the Way from 1996, Die Hard from 1988, Jumanji from 95, and The Iron Giant from 99. So, so there you go. How many of those were actually released after the uh, millennium changed? Uh, one. Which was? Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. Yeah, well, the, so they were all basically either when we were kids or before we were born. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. maybe nostalgia <laughs> does tint the show just a little bit. <coughs> oh, yeah, and this is also going to be a super laid-back, informal episode. I'm. Yeah. We're drinking coffee. It's uh, early in the morning here. Well, actually, it's really nice. It's like 11.30 a.m. Yeah. yeah. We're being experiencing bad weather. Oh, my God. Okay, but, but, now, but now it's pretty good. Uh, now, now it's not bad. So, yeah, we're ending the show. We're doing that because we're all so busy. And it's been a full year. It's been really fun. And we just want to, you know, we actually don't get to hang out that much. And I'd rather just get back to doing that than say, oh, we have to do a show every week. The show is fun. It's going to stay on SoundCloud. I'm going to be shuttering our Facebook page, though, and uh, and our Twitter account. I, and well, you know, I think everyone's face, uh, 
showing down their Facebook lately. Mark has seen to that. Yeah, stuff. Mark. Mark likes to watch the yeah. kinky messages, your booty calls, and Saturday night. Him and his funky bunch are definitely in the thick of it now. Oh, this is a different Mark we're talking. Yeah, about. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, one of my favorite memes is uh, of him was uh, it's like when you share a funny meme in the group chat, it shows like a group of people laughing. And then yeah, Mark Zuckerberg yeah, laughing. <laughs> I wonder if you go to Facebook and you see Mark Zuckerberg like. Oh, hi, Mark. How's your life sex going? That's all you have to do. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. I think they should just do a one-on-one exclusive interview, Tommy Wiseau interviewing Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, man, that would be a Did you see the breakdown of uh, the scene breakdown that Tommy Wiseau did for Vanity Fair of the disaster artist? No. He broke down the rooftop scene from disaster artists but he did it like by pausing it and giving his own comment it's so good so he'd like mystery science theater 3000 yeah. yeah but he's got like the like a tv behind him with it running and then he pauses it and then he has a pointer and he, oh so he does like a football breakdown like john madden it's kind of it's kind of funny oh, that'd, that'd be pretty funny i see yeah, I don't know why you're watching Vanity Fair interviews, but I'm I just okay. It's, well, if it's with Tommy Wiseau, it's, okay. if you yeah, I was searching a lot of Tommy Wiseau stuff, trying to find out how I can watch Best Friends because I missed the premiere in Toronto. Oh, oh yeah, that already came out. Yeah, I the last thing I watched from Vanity Fair is okay. I was browsing on YouTube. This is around the Red Sparrow. Oh, did you finally see that? Yeah, I see. I see. How how was it? Um, it's just a movie. <laughs> it's a movie with a red poster. See, <laughs> that's, that's good. Um, but no, it's like they they make like they put like uh, Jennifer Lawrence with a light detector. Yeah. They start asking questions, and she said, "Oh my god, I'm sweating. Oh my god, I don't know why I'm so nervous. Like, I don't know how this works for publicity for the Red Sparrow because I go see the movies like." Huh, these characters are so bidimensional and they have no re- there have no chemistry between them. Well, let's face it, the only reason that movie's made is because Jennifer Lawrence agreed to do it. Hmm. I, I guess so, but now I like and That's the only reason you saw it, to be yeah, fair. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. Sorry. Mea culpa. Uh, but now I like Atomic Blonde more. Like you watch, and you didn't like Atomic Blonde very much either, right? Yeah, but now I watch Red Sparrow. Like, oh my god, Atomic Blonde is better than. I, I still want to see Atomic Blonde. I like the soundtrack, but not really the movie. I bought some of the songs from it. Actually, I felt like it just could have been. Oh, you're talking about Atomic Blonde is only one track. Red balloons. Yeah, that's basically. Sorry, Sean. Sean's looking like he's gonna cut that up. No, 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 no. Nothing gets cut this episode. We live in it all and completely. All right, let's let's sing the entire song verbatim then. But no. Oh my God, the train. Okay, well, we'll yeah, we'll stop for the train. The train. The train. Train the man. They're still going, I think. Yeah. All right, so you guys... Um... Well, it, it's it, it's weird, like, just to kind of bring up... Yes, we are ending the show. Uh, it's been a fun run. Yeah, we've been at for a little over a year now, so I guess we'll never get to do that Too Fast, Too Furious episode unless we do, like, a special... Uh... <laughs> At some point. And we're also not gonna get to Ghost in the Shell Part Two, which I almost bought, thinking, "Oh yeah, we'll definitely make a hundred. We'll definitely make a hundred. We made it like halfway there. That's better than yeah. some people. Forty-eight main episodes. This is our sixth special. And what are we talking about today? We're talking about the complete breakdown of the Marvel Cinematic Universe because Avengers: Infinity War is out today, or when it releases. We record a week <laughs> early. Um, Thank you. I'm definitely not seeing it opening night because <laughs> it's probably sold out. Yeah, it's probably already sold out. Like, it's ridiculous how big these movies have become in 10 years, eh? Like, I, I get they it. are as big as, if not bigger than, Star Wars. Uh, you know, this is what probably our parents experienced in the 60s with the uh, spaghetti westerns. It's like every spaghetti western after one after another. And then they did, like, the Wild Bunch, where it's, like, the stars of all the spaghetti westerns formed into an Avengers-like team. Yeah. And that's, that's basically it, but... The, the good, form- the bad, and the, the ugly. But what like happened that. with the spaghetti <coughs> western is the, the formula, like, uh, worn out, stuff stopped working. And I'm still wondering how long it's going to last these superhero movies. 
Yeah, well, it's a good question because spaghetti westerns were around for like 20 years, too. People forget. So, like, if we're 10 years into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and also you occasionally do get a western movie. Remember the Magnificent Seven? Oh my God, no, that wasn't. <laughs> I thought it was okay. It uh, well, Quentin Tarantino has been doing a few. He did a couple. Well, yeah, he did. So. He, he the last one, the, the April Django Eight. Unchained and Hateful Eight. Like he's a I fan like of it. that kind. I like that. Like I didn't like Django that much. I actually haven't seen Hateful Eight yet. Oh. Yeah, I missed it in '70, and I was like, oh, and then I just haven't. Point is, um, yet, but yeah. Even if this dies out, the next generation of like kids watching this are gonna probably make a couple in in the future as homages, or um, you know, throwbacks and the like. But I have a but question. eventually it will like this this current trend of like four or five superhero movies every year that are all supposed to be huge. It will eventually die out. Oh yeah, definitely. Remember people were saying that in like 2004, they're like, oh, I can't believe they made Fantastic Four and they won't stop making these superhero movies. I'm like, you got like one a year back oh, yeah? then. Well, why don't we go over... Um, but I have a question before yeah. we start. What happens after Infinity Wars Part 2? We'll get to that. I've actually got info on that. You, you, you tweet someone from Marvel Studios like, hey man, what's going on after this? No, because they've announced a few films that happen after. And I'm going to get to them. Don't worry, it's kind of cool. Um, so, phase one, we started uh, in 2008. Yeah, with, with Spider-Man 3. Um, <laughs> that was 2007, actually. Uh, oh. And yeah, <laughs> I remember because I, I, the, mu- the music I listened to the most growing up were the Spider-Man soundtracks, like the band stuff, like the song Hero from... <laughs> Uh, Chad Kroger of Nickelback, you know, stuff like that. So I pre-ordered on iTunes the soundtrack for Spider-Man 3. It came out May 4th, 2007. So was that the first pre-order you did? Uh, that, was the, that was the first one that I remember. Like, I bought an iTunes card specifically for that, and I pre-ordered it. Oh, I remember and, having to buy those. Before you have a credit card, you have to buy the iTunes Spider-Man 3 is one of those rare superhero movies that no one understands. It's yeah. like... He battles three different villains. He doesn't really care about any of them because the real struggle is his internal struggle. And also, the but, well, he cares about Sandman because that's the guy that shot his uncle. Yeah. And that actually was... I thought it was a good through line, but there was... It was a little too crowded. I, and, yeah. I But... I mean, I can't thank them enough for introducing the James Brown song, People Get Up and Drive That Funky Soul, which is his dance. Mm-hmm. And, and he's going on the street where he's pointing at random people. Did you ever watch the one where they removed the song from that scene? What would have actually been like with this? He's a haircut man. The haircut turns oh, you into an evil man. Yeah, the emo haircut. Um, the emo haircut. I remember emo haircuts being everywhere back then. Now, now In high school, early high school days for us. Now, yeah. now we have like um, uh, this bun, like this this man bun, the man bun thing. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. another trend yeah. to go and neck beards. Uh, yes, so, sir, that too. Yeah, so well, that, that will disappear when Game of Thrones finishes. Yeah, probably. Year. So actually, so we're going to start things off. We're only talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which started it in May second, two thousand eight, with Iron Man. Um, have you guys seen it? Yes, yes. sir. Yeah. What about uh, Incredible Hulk? Didn't that come out first? That came out actually a month later, June 13th, 2008. Okay. And the only connective through line, because we know that Ed Norton is mysteriously not in the other films, uh, is Robert Downey Jr. appears as Tony Stark at the very end of The Incredible Hulk. And he talks to William Hurt's character uh, and basically says, oh, I'm assembling a team. And it's almost like this weird afterthought before the credits, post-credits then. Because they didn't do post-credits then for that particular film. They did it for the first Iron Man with Nick Fury kind of appearing on the scene. But it's weird because William Hurt's character comes back in Captain America Civil War. Yes, as as the same of the the shield, right? Same exact character. Yeah, which is which is interesting. I was doing research for this episode, and it's like, huh, I didn't realize. But I guess they tried to tie the yeah, other film in better. It's pretty yeah. impressive, to be honest, how much they've been able to tie things up together. Like, to be honest with you, like it's not easy to get that many like you know creative people and that many um, characters that all have copyrights associated with them. Together, yeah, that properly. That's why and, and this is also why the re- I'm going to tell you guys the release dates as we have them because they're very interesting. 
The third film, which is still part of Phase 1, uh, is Iron Man 2, and that came out May 7th, 2010. So two full years. This is still when they're like, they're still amping this up, right? Remember Iron Man 2 was so hyped, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. A lot of people said they didn't like it as much. It's easily it one of my least favorite <laughs> films of the bunch. and I liked it quite a bit. The reason being is I just found, like, I liked the main character less. I, mm. I thought he was more redeemable as, a, as a, like, a good that protagonist. That happens in Iron Man 3, I think. Iron Man 3 I enjoyed, but we'll get to that. So Iron Man 2, it shows Tony Stark, like, finding out that he can fix himself better with, like, a renewable energy source, and there's, mm-hmm. like, a big expo, and... They introduced his best friend as the... Uh, the War Machine? War Machine, thank you. Or the Iron Patriot in Iron Man 3. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah, I remember that. It was, I thought that was hilarious. And, yeah, the... So I, I thought the way that they introduced them, they were, that was really the film that set the stage for Avengers because they introduced um, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, uh, in the in the role of Black Widow, which well, don't was forget uh, Thor introduced uh, Hawkeye. Yep, and the that's other non-main character Avenger member. And that's the next film that came out one year later, May sixth, twenty eleven. So Thor, and Thor. And I like Thor. The first one, I like it a lot. That was uh, directed by Kenneth Branagh, which was it's kind of neat that. Like, almost all of these films are different directors. Um, yeah, Kenneth Branagh, Shakespeare director. Good. I thought that was a neat idea. Yeah, good. Well, it shows choice. it shows how his character portrayed in, the, in, in Thor. Yeah. And, and I was reading, yeah, this is a Shakespearean <laughs> director. Like, it feels like a little bit like, the, you know, the theatrical, uh, the staging of, of, of his characters. It made me want to watch the four-hour Hamlet. I've still never seen it. Hmm. Oh my god. Uh, well, I mean, I think I saw that in high school. He's good. But I'm not a huge Shakespeare fan, folks. I just think Kenneth Branagh does it justice. Yeah, he's, well, he's so gifted uh, with. I liked him as Poirot as well, actually, in um, okay. the remake and, of uh, on the Orient Express. After that, what, after that Thor movie, what, what was. Well, Thor, it introduces Thor, and he. Learns to become a better character, and they introduce Loki, and Loki's kind of lost in space. That comes up later, but Captain America, the first Avenger, kind of rounds out uh, that year, and they released this one pretty fast, July 22nd, 2011, so two months after Thor. Damn. I Thor was November, was it? No. That was May. They did the oh, other okay. two in November. Okay, yeah, I guess that's Yeah, the first and, one was... And when they introduced Hulk... In the first Avengers? Yes. So Captain America 1 is set in the 40s, and they introduced the Tesseract. Yeah. Which is one of the first Infinity Stones. I think it was the first one that we see, right? Yes. We didn't even know what an Infinity Stone was. That was their way of being like, hey, look at this. And it's a cube that uh, the Nazis, the Nazi science division Hydra wants Mm -hmm. for their own nefarious purposes. Yeah, so it's the same... MacGuffin, as in Thor and Captain America for Avengers. The whole series is just like there's like all these different MacGuffins, but uh, Captain America, he's frozen, and he Thank wakes you. up at the very end in uh, New York, and then he's told, "Oh, well, we need you for something." That brings us to Marvel's The Avengers. They have to call it that because there is a movie with Ray Fiennes and Emma Thurman called The Avengers from 1997 based on a British spy television series from the 60s. My parents have like all those episodes on VHS of that show. That is amazing. Actually, it might be from the 70s. I'm actually not sure. Yeah, no, you're right. The 60s. It started out, it was black and white. And by the end of it, they were in color. I think there was a show called The New Avengers in in the early 70s, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But yeah, Patrick McNee... um, yeah, Diana Riggs, who's in Game of Thrones now, or was for like a little bit, and and that's why they have uh, to yeah, that's why they have to call it Marvel's The Avengers, at least for the first one. So that and that came out May fourth, twenty twelve. I remember actually seeing that opening night. Uh, there was one guy I knew in high school who basically got everyone together to go see it, and uh, I actually liked it so much, I took my parents, and I said, I think this is the Star Wars of my generation. Mm. 
And I'm like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in love with the movie by any means, but I just kind of said this is something that should be seen on the big screen, mm-hmm. just for what it did because it was the first movie of its kind, right? To literally assemble. Mm-hmm. All these different characters, and this is when I finally felt like the movie series had legs. We see Loki come back with the Tesseract, and he takes it, and he's also got this staff with mind control, aliens evade New York, but most importantly, the characters all interact and have to learn to work with each other, which is probably the heart and soul of that movie, because honestly, the plot's whatever. But... (laughs) Yeah, the plot was a little straightforward, but it was a lot of fun. <coughs> I remember watching that with my parents as well. <coughs> and that, um, yeah, let's face it though, like the first Avengers movie, I think is still the high water mark amongst. Um, I would argue against that, but actually, maybe Civil War. Civil War is mm. is not really an Avengers movie. It's it's, uh, it's a better Avengers movie than Ultron was. Yes, uh, it's uh, it's an angry it's an angry reunion of the Avengers Civil War. That's that's what it is. Well, it's funny because now we actually get to go into uh, phase two, and phase two. Who says phase two? Who? Okay, so the Mar- the way Marvel structured it is they said like they actually release a. Pr- a pr- they movie. actually yes, this is what, how they refer to these films as is like phase one. They call Avengers Assembled, which culminates in the first Avengers film. Phase two is basically the span of all the other films leading up to just after Avengers Age of Ultron. And then Phase 3 is still going on, and it ends next May. Next year in May. Yeah, and I'll get to that. Don't worry. But that's... And the way that they do phases is like major shifts where they introduce new characters and new plots, and they just kind of deepen the story. So Phase 1, we got everyone together for the first time. Well done. Okay, when, 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 again, when Phase 1 ends? The phase 1, uh, the final Phase 1 film is the first Avengers movie. Okay. Um, phase 2 begins with Iron Man 3, released May 3rd, 2013. And this sees Iron Man have some PTSD mm-hmm. from the events of the first Avengers film. The alien invasion then turns out isn't just a one-and-done, we-can-forget-about-this-now. It's a major event that fundamentally changes everything in this world. Yeah, because a for, lot of, even for Netflix and for Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is also, at this point, uh, Marvel, we're not really going to talk about because I stopped watching it about a season and a half ago, um, <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The If you're a real fan, you've watched all these episodes show. And they also did a, an Agent Carter, and they've got Netflix shows now that reference the Avengers first movie, and then that's it because they're not actually produced by the same studio. <laughs> they just borrow the logo. They just kind of borrow the the logo, and they say they're in the same world, but you're never going to see the Netflix characters in uh, the mainline movies. So we're only going to talk about the mainline movies. Iron Man 3, May 3rd, 2013, one year exactly after the first Avengers. You guys see it? Yeah. Of course. That was, yeah, like, like the, I remember the end, and it's like, why are you destroying your suit? Yeah, that didn't really make sense to me. I thought it was so <laughs> cool that he like had them all autopilot and stuff, but <laughs> it's, it's like what? He destroys them all, and then the next movie they pretend like it never happened. <laughs> like he's well, yeah, he still has his Iron Legion, as he refers to them as. And uh, now the the next movie afterwards, because um, Iron Man three is very much a by the numbers kind of side thing, where it's just him. It's another adventure. With Guy Pierce, I love Guy Pierce. Yes, sir. Uh, I like everything he does. He is one actor I've never seen him make a bad move. Even the Time Machine, he's pretty good in. I like the Time Machine. The Time Machine's pretty fun. I like it, yeah. Uh, Thor: The Dark World, November eighth, twenty thirteen. That's the only I one I haven't it. seen. That's the only movie I haven't seen. So that movie is important because it actually brings us our second Infinity Stone. Okay. Which is red, and it is like this liquid material that um, possesses Natalie Portman's character. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Wasn't and that a good 
of a plot device to keep her somehow involved and important in the story. Yeah, like she's on an archaeological dig on Earth. Uh, it basically overwhelms her, and Thor has to take her to Asgard to get her help. And then there's this race of dark elves, I think as they call them. Because Frost Giants were the first movie, Dark Elves are the second movie, and uh, they're trying to take this as well. And the major event in this, basically, is they're able to resolve it. This uh, Infinity Stone, even though it doesn't really look like a stone, is given to someone named the Collector, which is Benicio Del Toro's character in Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. And uh, the... He's also in Star Wars. Yep. Yeah, so he's seen every sci-fi. And he just needs to be in Trek. <laughs> Which I'm sure they'll probably do at some point. But uh, they also show, like, Loki as apparent death. And Thor kind of mourns for him, even though Loki actually takes Odin's place. And they kind of reveal that at the end. And they don't do anything with that for a while. Yeah, I, I kind of liked that, that they just sort of they left just kind of there until it became like a... Yeah, it's like, we only only we know that Loki is, uh, has taken Odin's place. And they kind of leave it there. Then we get to a very cool movie, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, which I would argue is when I started paying a closer attention to the series. Mm-hmm. Because that yeah, is one that was a big turning point for a lot of people who didn't take them all that seriously. Because that's one they're like, oh, you remember Shield? No, it's mostly Hydra, hmm. and it, it changes. It fundamentally changes the story. Captain America finds out that his former best friend turned out to be a Soviet agent with a metal arm yeah, who's like, working for Hydra me. after mind control, and there's a big plot by and basically destroys Shield as an organization. So it completely changes. That released April 4th, 2014. That was a pretty major turning point. But the next one I think you guys will have a bit to say on. The same year, August 1st, 2014, Fraser, I know you're a fan. It's the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, sir. One of my favorites of this whole series. Yeah, like I watch Yeah, you mentioned like, yeah, this is Star Wars of our generation. And like, it's like, I think this is the Star Wars of our generation. Um, yeah, but, no, I really liked it. Like, it it honestly just it's just like a really good, like hilarious sci-fi action comedy. Like, and they do they, better. They, and they do a lot with this movie, though. Introduced us to Chris Pratt. They introduce us to Chris Pratt. They finally give this mysterious villain that they've been teasing. They tease once in the Avengers, uh, Thanos. Yeah, and he's sort of the main. He's kind of like the behind-the-scenes yeah. orchestrator of the main villain uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy, and he is after this, uh, I think they call it the Power Stone. It's something that's found at the very beginning of the movie. It's a purple Infinity Stone, so that's three. <laughs> uh, there's apparently six in total, and we'll get to that as well. But, uh, yeah, and it assembles this awesome cast of characters that have uh, who are all the casts it's Chris Pratt Zoe Saldana uh, Vin Diesel Bradley Cooper who's Drax who oh, plays Drax uh, Dave Batista. Dave Batista. Yeah. Dave, Dave, Dave the Animal Batista, the former WWE and what a good cast it just really rounds out to be a very very fun and entirely unique vision and that's it's like, okay, the Marvel films now have some of their own identity, right? So we're kind of getting ready for uh, that, and we actually get a lot of little plants. And then the next film is a bit of a sore spot for some people. Uh, came out May 1st, 2015. It was hyped up. Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah. I watched this film recently in preparation of this episode because I figured I need to give it another chance, right? I was actually giving it for Christmas. You didn't like it? Did it I, I, uh... I actually do like it, oh. but I like it because I had low expectations for it. A lot of people are like, oh, Ultron's this amazing villain. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't, like, let me just watch it, okay? Like, I don't it, raise expectations it, super it, it high. It felt like, oh, Siri got a virus and hmm. went rogue. You yeah. know, she hates it. 
Damn Siri, I'm lost again in traffic. Actually, Casey, a friend of the show who was on our E3 special, he uh, he was not happy with it at all. He re-edited the movie. Oh, well, he must have really not liked it. He took out things like Ultron apologizing for cutting a guy's arm off. Oh. Uh, Ulysses Claw from uh, Black Panther, which yeah. we'll also get to. It's Andy Serkis. At one point, Ultron cuts his arm off, and then he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I just got angry. Mm-hmm. And Casey's like, no, he's a robot. He wouldn't apologize. Yeah. He doesn't care about people. He's going to destroy the world anyway. And... I mean, that was interesting, but I found that I really enjoyed the stuff that they did with the Infinity Stones just with... Remember that scepter that Loki had? Well, inside of it is actually something called the Mind Stone, and then Ultron is basically built off of a framework from that stone. And then uh, it was kind of Tony Stark and Bruce Banner that decide to, oh, we, we can make a system that will help people like an AI that can act on threats before they happen in case there's another alien invasion and unfortunately it creates Ultron so I thought that was an interesting idea especially looking back on it and of course the Mind Stone is placed on a synthetic body of that Ultron is building for himself but then that body is stolen and then Stark puts Jarvis, his AI, kind of helper, into it, and it becomes Vision that Paul Bettany still plays. Yep. And he can hold Thor's hammer and do cool stuff. And he's, like, more powerful than everyone else, basically, because he's actually an android, but a super advanced one that has an indestructible body made of vibranium. It's a lot to process, but that's what I got out of that movie. Okay, but I don't get how he gets the Infinity Stone on his forehead. So Ultron had the scepter, and he places the stone on that body's forehead because he thought it would be his body. So to keep it close. Oh, but... And then then it is stolen by the Avengers. And they put Jarvis in there. And they put Jarvis in there, and that's the character, the vision that we see. All right. Yeah. So, like, basically for Infinity War, this character Vision, he's a walking MacGuffin. He can't live in this movie. He's not going to get out of this movie alive because his basically life force is tied to this thin on his forehead. Yeah, the Infinity Stone. Yeah, there's no – I mean, that they're going to have to address that in some big way. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then the final film – Phase 2. Switching gears completely. It's a really fun heist movie. It's Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. With uh, Paul that's, Rudd. That's one of my favorite. Actually. It, it, it's one of mine, too, because it's like now they're doing specific genres where it's like Captain America Winter Soldier's kind of spy thriller. Then we have a really lighthearted Ant-Man movie that's a heist. It's a glorified heist movie. Yeah. With someone who can get into impossible places. <laughs> and it's well done. Um... And that came out uh, the same year as Avengers Age of Ultron. It came out July 17th, 2015. So if you didn't like Avengers, eh, wait a few months, and then you get this really fun uh, small character big movie kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah, no, I liked Ant-Man quite a bit. I watched it even with my parents. I shrink the (laughs) Ant-Man. Yeah, it was quite fun. And then the uh, now we move into phase three. So okay. phase so what's phase three and number one? Phase three. Uh, Want you guys to can you guess if I were to ask you what what phase three is? Can you guess? Is that civil war? No. It is civil war. Somebody get Guns and Roses lawyer on the phone because <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to start singing. Um, yeah, no, I liked Civil War quite a bit. I, liked it. I thought it made up for all the problems that they had in Age of Ultron, like trying to make it too big in Age of Ultron. Like, Civil War was still plenty big, but like it was just better. 
And that was 2015, right? It's in here when they introduced Black Panther. That was uh, May 6, 2016. 2016, okay. And they have actually referred to Civil War as the Avengers Age of Ultron Part 2. Hmm. Because they said Age of Ultron starts that kind of argument between Stark and uh, Captain America about the idea of should we be account? Should we be held accountable by a government for what we've done? And like um, Facebook, right? Should be yeah. regulated. <laughs> should be superheroes be regulated. Oh hi, Mark. Mm-hmm. Oh hi. <laughs> he might be listening to this, so he posted on Facebook. And, and uh, oh yeah, that's true. Uh, Zuckerberg, if you're listening, good job. Yeah, well, he's <laughs> <laughs> that's that's really that's really all you can say, and that's complete sarcasm. If you couldn't tell, good job. Um, he's gonna so, smile like a <laughs> And <laughs> that 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 gift where he's just laughing a lot, that he just stops cold. <laughs> um, so yeah, Captain America: Civil War came out May 6, twenty sixteen. So one year. Uh, after Avengers Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. And what happened there, which is pretty cool, is uh, we basically see the Avengers, except for Thor, because he's gone off to look for the Infinity Stones. He says that at the end of mm-hmm. uh, Age of Ultron. Uh, they're basically, they, they're pitted into two different sides, like people that want to be held accountable by the government and people that don't. And the escalation of this reaches a boiling point when the kin of Wakanda is killed and the Winter Soldier, who has kind of been AWOL for a bit because he's like still, you know, AWOL. Yeah. Uh, he is blamed for it, and because uh, Captain America is his best friend, he decides to try to help him out, and Black Panther is the son of the kid that was killed, and he goes after uh, Bucky with the intent of killing him to avenge his father. And I think this film is very difficult balancing act of like making sure that they do like they introduce characters and they also just make sure you have just enough information but it keeps pushing the whole series forward we find out a very interesting revelation that uh, Tony Stark's parents were killed by Bucky because of uh, brainwashing that happened and uh, that basically wants Stark to make Stark want to kill this Winter Soldier as well, and basically it ends where the Avengers are fractured in half based on which side that they chose, and Captain America decides to leave Stark as shield. So they are, they're not on speaking terms at the end of this movie, and I thought that was good because if you're going to... You have to reassemble them somehow, but at first like you need to like give them some space to resolve their own issues, right? So I thought that was an interesting move. And these are the same directors as Winter Soldier and the next two Avengers movies. So, I mean, they've got a good track record so far. With so they're Marvel. directing the Infinity Wars. And then the untitled sequel that happens next year, yeah. So that came out May 6, 2016. It leaves all the characters in pretty interesting places. Um, and they introduce uh, Spider-Man. They do. It's kind of like almost a short film vignette, the way they introduce him, because it's like, oh, I know someone who might help, and then it just cuts to, you know, New York, and you, I mean, he's pretty young, and they don't do the origin story. They're like, oh, you get, so you got bitten by a radioactive spider kind of thing. They just summarize it very, very quickly, like one or two lines. I'm like, well, that's good. We don't need to see his origin story for a third time. That would be weird. Yeah, but like, honestly, I, and I... <coughs> yeah, I feel like they understand that the others don't need to know where Spider-Man comes from. But, and and they have fun in Homecoming. Like, you you, you have time to expand a little bit more on the character in, yeah. in Homecoming. And 
I think Spider Man is one of my the Homecoming is one of my top five in in the Marvel. Okay. It's um, especially the performance of uh, Michael Keaton. The past year and a bit, there have been like Phase Three movies. I would say have been the best as a whole. Because the next film is one of my top five. It's Doctor Strange. Came out November fourth, twenty sixteen. Yeah, we watched that one recently. What a different movie! (laughs) It's Iron Man (laughs) Weed. It was kind of similar to Iron Man, I guess, in terms of like you know, arrogant guy, arrogant rich guy, taken down a peg, has to reassess his whole life and everything. Doctor loses his ability uh, to use his. His hands, and he goes. He spends all his money searching for a way to repair them. Then he eventually, eventually ends up in Tibet, where he is trained in the mystic arts. And we encounter the Eye of Agamotto, which is the next Infinity Stone, and he actually wears it around his oh, neck. Oh yeah, the green one. Right? And it's the Time Stone, and he actually is able to use time manipulation to stop Mads Mikkelsen, who is always awesome in everything he does. Yeah, great guy. And if you doubt that, watch Hannibal. <laughs> and then watch it again. It's very good. <laughs> uh, and Valhalla Rising. I would that. It's almost entirely silent. It's a Viking movie that Nicholas Wynne-Reffin did. Yeah, I've, I've heard of that, but I haven't gotten around to watch yeah, it. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Okay, I'm going to watch it. He, like, has one of his eyes, like... Closed because of a scar, so he's like named after it, and it's just like about surviving in a Viking world that's like nothing but violence. It looks like God of War, honestly. <laughs> the new one. Speaking of that, uh, yeah, we went to the to the Vikings exhibition and yeah, in the at the rum at the rum, and they explain why uh, Odin. Has a, has doesn't have one eye. It's supposed to be that um, he he sacrificed his eye in exchange of having knowledge of everything. Yeah, that's huh. what the mythology says. And you got those two birds to fly around uh, the nine realms and come back at the end of the day and tell them the news. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I like the story of Odin. And if you also, watch History Channel's Vikings, which I, I, do, I do plan to. You know, I plan to. The character Ragnar is the main character, and he's sort of. Um, I think at one point he said he thinks he might be the son of Odin because he's always searching for knowledge. Huh. And uh, Loki is obviously somehow related to Loki, and then Rollo to Thor, so you have the three big. That's neat how they have the most famous deities. Covered. And I can't wait to play God of War. I got my pre-order yesterday in the mail. Sounds like an ad for all things Vikings right now. But hey, you know what? We're do this is our last episode. Let's do the- just do the tangent. Do it. All right. Yeah. Watch Vikings. Play God of War. Goes to the ROM for uh, that. I, I, thing. I it's I, over. I, 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 okay. I hear the, the, the good reviews go. It is getting every single outlet has given it a perfect score. There's not just 9 out of 10. There's our 10 out of 10s from some of the hardest reviewers out there. It is the highest rated game of this generation since Breath of the Wild. And the highest rated game that the PlayStation 4 Fine. has. Fine. It's, it's one of those... Like, it's it is all, games it is, that I don't have in a console. It is all contained in a single shot. There's no cutscene break. The can the you either are like moving throughout the world and then the camera takes over, but everything is continuously one shot. So you you finish all your God of War. I okay, funny okay, random aside. I have two God of War games left from the Greek era, and then I will play the new one. But I wanna finish all those first. I was up till almost one AM last night trying to cram as much the other games as I could. I finished one of them last night, started the next one immediately. I'm almost there. But I won't be done by the time probably this show airs. So let's move on. That was Doctor Strange. Came out <laughs> <laughs> November fourth, twenty sixteen. The next film we got May fifth, twenty seventeen. Can you guys guess what that was? Um, so you mean Homecoming? Nope. No, 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 it was the um, Guardians of Galaxy Volume 2. Yes. Yeah, I remember that one. It was. I quite like that one. I, I, you know, it, 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 they kept the same formula with the first one, but it didn't feel like 
He lost a little bit of charm, I feel. I thought it was still quite good, but I still prefer the first one. I, for me personally, it, ho- it hit home a little bit more than the first, but that's yeah. because I could find some real-world parallels with some of the characters and their motivations for stuff. Uh, so I... I loved that movie. I thought it was really well done. I thought uh, Kurt Russell was very good in it. I thought he had, like, I guess it's been a year, but he's kind of evil. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He just goes around and... But I still found that it was a really heartwarming story like the end of it is not this big climactic thing it, there's like you do see like a character that is very very fun like die and they kind of also establish more of the sisterhood between uh, what are their names blue girl and green girl blue yeah. girl and green girl let's go uh, with that nebula and green girl I don't remember it's always held down yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Gamora, maybe? Gamora, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, and they're like, oh, well, we have to kill our father, uh, which is a kind of a funny theme with that film. But <laughs> but because they're talking about Thanos, um, uh, which they keep alluding to that he's coming. And so Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, that's it right there. Um, the next film came out, and Alejandro, you've already mentioned this on the show, it was July 7th, 2017, or 2017, Spider-Man Homecoming. And yep, yep. They once again reinforce why Spider-Man Homecoming is crucially linked to the other films. It begins with the home movies of Peter Parker. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just showing, like, an alternate side of Civil War, which was really funny. With, um, you know, but it's the first time you have like a high schooler. <laughs> yeah, like he is in high school, and they keep him in high school. And his best friend wants to be the man in the chair that helps him out <laughs> and stuff. And I love that mentality. It's like I, I want to be the man in the chair. I'm like, that's such a brilliant way of phrasing it because they've never really called it anything before, but that's what it is. And. Uh, the way that they actually tie Michael Keaton's character to the first Avengers movie, construction crew, cleaning up after the first film, the first Avengers movie, the stuff is taken away, they have a little bit of alien tech, and they start making weapons and selling weapons with it. I really liked that because he's actually a pretty good villain. He's just trying to provide for his family. He found a good way to do it. Unfortunately, it's not good for everyone and other people. But I thought the idea of the vulture I was a little worried about with the character, but they did a really good job. And that twist with the uh, homecoming, but I, I that was I, real. Like I called it, but it was still satisfying to see. What I like is like it's like Iron Man plays that in this one. <laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah, Iron Man is like the he's in it and like he because so, Spider-Man wants to be part of the Avengers and he's like no, you have to prove yourself. And then when he does, he decides not to, which is kind of funny. But, but I remember some people like, yeah, this just feels like Iron Man four. <laughs> well, they they fe- I I feel like it was a bit of a misstep to feature him as much as they did hmm. because I they're just kind of thought he was in it a perfect amount. Okay. Well, that, that's, that's a good opinion to have, right? Uh, so that was that came out July 7th, 2017. The next film, Alejandro, you and I saw this. We actually discussed it on the show. It's a real fun movie. Thor Ragnarok came out November 3rd, 2017. What a different departure from the rest of the series. Yeah, probably my favorite one so far, Thor at least. I it it's easily one of the best Marvel movies yeah, I've Thor seen. Is like right? It's it's so Ragnarok. ridiculous but so great. It's it reminds me of Guardians One, like that level of but like since you already have an experience of seeing Thor a bunch of times, like it's even better. Like Who, whoever cast whoever's idea it was to cast Jeff Goldblum deserves an award. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
nice that he's making a comeback. Jeff Goldblum, my favorite actor. Yes. But they oh. they just let him, they just let him do his thing. Yeah. I'm not even sure if that those parts were scripted or if it's like this is the idea you have to convey. Okay, this it's like, of um, you watch this um, weekly um, news feed of like, Xbox One, like it, I do. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yes. I was, so I was like uh, browsing on my Xbox One and like okay, I'm just gonna see what's what's coming up in Xbox One. Xbox is not a sponsor. Uh, yeah, it's not Xbox. Sorry. Um, but they're announcing this Jurassic Park uh, game. Yeah, it's Roller Coaster Tycoon, but it, or like Zoo Tycoon, except it's for Jurassic World. Oh, man, they actually had one like that a few years ago. But this one... Jurassic Park Operation Jeff. Okay. Yes, I know, but this one is like Better? for new consoles. Jeff Goldblum is in it. Yeah, oh. okay. He's so, in it. So <laughs> they interviewed Jeff Goldblum in, in this little clip. Yeah. And he's like, you clearly have, you, like, you can see Jeff Goldblum is struggling to find words, or like, I don't want to be in this interview anymore. Yeah. It's like, I mean, yeah, they, they, they hire him to record the voice and for the, for the, yeah. for the game, because you don't really see him as, as a character. It's just more like a. The game is more isometric. Like, yeah, just very, very high up, like, your traditional yeah, yeah, you, you, building he's, sim. He's yeah. just basically a guiding voice through the game. But then when people, when they're interviewing him, it's like, oh, my God. They let him do whatever he wanted in all of his interviews. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he wouldn't, like, yeah, I love Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> just like... So, and he's part of the MCU now. Yep. And we see, actually, we got to talk about what happened in that movie. So, the Hulk is on... He was on a ship at the end of Avengers Age of Ultron that apparently left orbit and crash-landed on this planet called Sakaar, which Thor ends up on, and he his hair is cut by Stan Lee. Yep. Uh, they end up getting into it. They're forced into like this gladiator-type arena, and Thor and Hulk and Loki all are on this planet, and they're trying to get back to Asgard because Thor and Loki... Well, Thor's sister... Hela, who's the goddess of death. But and they had Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Uh, kind of, <laughs> yeah. She, she is that character, and she's trying to raise, like, her old army from Asgard. She and raises them all from the dead, too, which I was like... Yeah. But she's the goddess well, of death. Speaking of, of Kate This Blanchett. will change the series. She has got to come back, because they never confirmed she's dead. So that's so my do you, do you like Kate Blanchett as a villain? I really yeah. like her. That's a great job. You know, now that she's going to be in the jury of Candace, I wonder what there will be like, you know, the jury conversations during breaks. Like, so how how was working on a Marvel movie, Kate? Like, you know, you well, just have to wear these huge horns and these huge antlers. It was fun, just like when I did Lord of the Rings. Because oh, <laughs> she she's got so many good films under her belt, and she's done she's not bad in anything I've seen. She puts like her all into it, and you can tell like every time. Oh yeah, I'm just watching Lord of the Rings. She's probably one of the most recognized Australian actors out there. So yep, it's her and Hugh Jackman and Nicole Kidman. Yeah, Nicole Kidman as well. Yeah, and uh, Paul Hogan. Yep. That's not a knife. No, that's a knife. Oh, God. Yep. And uh, so... Throw a Asgard, on the barbie. That was his line, too. So basically what happens at the end of Thor Ragnarok is Asgard is destroyed. Uh, they realize that kind of Hela's power comes from Asgard, so they have to destroy it. They save everyone onto a spaceship with Hulk and Thor and Loki. And Loki kind of looked at the... Uh, the Tesseract Cube in the hold of uh, Asgard and we obviously he took it because it's Loki <laughs> and, and uh, he basically ends up on the ship with them and oh yeah Thor loses an eye so now he looks very much like Odin and he's got a short haircut so that's kind of a cool new fresh look for the character and for the series. And, uh, the hammer is no longer. Yeah. yeah. And and that kind of lines up with what we've seen for Infinity War because he has like an eye patch and 
stuff. So, I mean, I think it's going to be pretty cool to see his character. And are they going to continue with the goofy vibe for him? Or has, like, what are they going to do with that? I don't think Loki's going to survive Infinity War. Um... But, uh, yeah, so we... Maybe not. I think Tom Hiddleston said he's going to do the character one more time, and that's it. So who knows what that means. But... I think they should kill him in the first five minutes and be like, yep, that's the that's those are the new stakes. Welcome to the next Avengers movie where we actually do kill characters, aside from Agent Coulson. I think it was going to be Iron Man. Who didn't actually die, but... <laughs> yeah, if you watch the show. Uh, the final film that kind of closes up this gap is Black Panther, February 16th, 2018. Yeah, the last one that came out. I actually really like this one. This movie is still making a huge amount of money. Well, it was actually really good, and it was kind of a refreshing... Like, it reminds me of all those old-school sci-fi movies. I think I mentioned this to you guys before, where they'd, like, find, a, like, a missing continent or something with some, like, advanced civilization. Yeah. And we don't get those movies anymore because of, like, I think it's Google Maps. You they can were, see on the satellite there's no missing <laughs> country or something. So, but... They refer to it as, like... They sort of did it because they were, like... They have a camouflage makes it look different, but, like, they have the flying cars. And yeah. Like, all this cool stuff. I really liked it. They refer to it as El Dorado at one point. El Dorado. And I thought that was a very interesting uh, way to show it off. And the villain was good. And it just kind of sets up like Black Panther is the king of Wakanda and they have this valuable resource. We know that Captain America is seeking refuge there with a few other people in the Avengers. We know that from the end of Civil War. So the pieces are coming together. Um, what a great movie. Came out during Black History Month. Good idea. Hmm. Uh, very, very strong cast all around. I thought everyone... I saw it twice. I actually saw Black Panther twice, which is rare. I never would see a Marvel movie twice, but uh, probably wanted to see it, and I'd seen it by myself, and I... Thought, you know what? Yeah, it's good enough. I'd see it again. And I actually got more out of it the second time. Weirdly enough, I just thought, this is such a beautiful movie to look at. Just the way it's shot and the the storytelling and stuff. Because it's a nice standalone movie. You don't need all the other movies. Yeah, it connects nicely with um, Civil War. It does, but you don't need Civil War to watch it. You can just and watch also, it Civil War was kind of his introduction. We already knew who was Black Panther by then. Yeah, but just exploring, like, the lore, like, the ancestral plane and some really cool yeah. ideas. Such a refreshing movie. And that came out February 16th of this year. Next movie that comes out is today. It's Avengers Infinity War. And part one? No, they're not calling it part one anymore. No, okay. Yeah. So we've got that one. That's the big kind of what's going to happen then. And here's where it gets interesting. Now we're just going to go a little loosely. Don't worry. We're almost done. We're just going to go loosely into what's next for Marvel. Because they've actually announced a few things. Uh, on July 6th, 2018, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, I've seen the trailer for it. looks good. There are, I believe... It takes place before Infinity War. Mm. Really? Yeah. You yes. think so? I think I believe I think it's it. afterwards. That'd be my guess. Okay. Um, so that's one. That's the final movie that's coming out this year. And then we've got Captain Marvel coming out March eighth, International Women's Day. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my god! I'm looking for that. Movie. Yeah, 2019 with Brie Larson. It, and get this, is set in the 90s. Oh, cool. And features Nick Fury. Oh. And the villain from Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Not Thanos, it's the... Uh, it's, uh, Ronan. it's Ronan. Ronan. He is He is the main villain in this film. Interesting. Well, and it is set in the what? 90s. Samuel Nick Fury. Jackson can go back to the way he was in the 90s for this. I'd really appreciate that. They're going to show him with two eyes. Hmm. They're going to like show you, maybe show you what happened to his one eye. <laughs> Which is kind of a cool idea to kind of, oh, we're going to throw it back. So if that theory holds... Yep. 
I will stop it. Alright guys, so I just did a little bit of fact checking and turns out that yes, Ant-Man and the Wasp is set after Civil War, Civil not, War. not Infinity War. War. Okay. They're doing it because I think the production schedule, they just wanted the Infinity War to be released like for the start of the summer season. It was supposed to be first weekend of April. They moved it up one week. But Ant-Man the Wasp is set uh, at, right after Civil War. So Infinity War is still the end of the timeline, and then Captain Marvel is set in the 90s. So that means that the direct sequel to Infinity War is the untitled fourth Avengers film. And the reason it's untitled, according to the writers and the directors, because the directors are brothers, is that the title of the fourth Avengers film will spoil Infinity War. They said they're not going to reveal the title for a while. Because they want people to come to terms with what happens in Infinity War. Because it's the Infinity War is also going to be the longest movie in the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, the running time of that is... They haven't released reviews for this, is it? No, they haven't released reviews. The running time is 149 minutes. For Infinity War. For Infinity like War. Infinity run time. That's, yeah, which makes it that's like... two hours. It's two time. hours and 40 minutes. Oh, man. This is longer by, than uh, like Captain America. 40 minutes, you said? 149. Isn't that... So, sorry, isn't that two and a half hours? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is two and a half. So it's, it, it's either way, okay. This it's two, it is two and a half. Matter, it is two and a half. Point is, it's really long. But it's the longest one in the entire series. It's like some Lord of the Rings level thing, almost. Not quite. Lord oh. of the Rings was averaging one eighty. So Point you is, get, it's long. Yes, folks. it is. <laughs> and this is the first film, and I found this very exciting. They shot both Avengers movies kind of back to back. Uh, this is the very first film that is shot 100% in IMAX from a Hollywood studio. Christopher Nolan was close, okay, but he was not the first to do an entire film. He still hasn't done an entire film. Avengers Infinity War, they made it such an important decision that they said 100% of this movie has to be shot in IMAX. So if you're going to go see this movie, listeners... You better be go seeing it in IMAX. No, no, your cell phone. Cause yeah, <laughs> because this is like this is what they designed it to be. This is the ultimate format. So if you are gonna go see it, absolutely go see it. And of course, after the untitled Fourth Avengers movie, uh, which is May third, twenty nineteen, that release date is locked. It's been locked for four years. But they st- they used to call it Infinity War Part Two, and they changed it. But now, after that, we're assuming that there's going to be a major rebranding of the series. We're going to get a Spider-Man Homecoming sequel right after that, the same year, and then a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. And beyond that, we have no idea what's coming. So people are saying that the Fourth Avengers film is the actual end of the main series as we know it now. I think it's going to be the end for the big characters they released in Phase 1, like yes. Captain America, Thor, Iron Man. They're probably going to retire them all out. That all would be those, my guess as well. All those like, I mean, Spider-Man's up and coming, Ant-Man's still up and coming. Doctor Strange, Strange, Captain Marvel. Even the Guardians of the Galaxy, if they get into the swing of things with being around planet Earth and all that, who knows? Yeah. My guess is they won't. I think that they'll, you know keep them in our space for the most part. Yep. And curiously, out of all the Infinity Stones, there's supposed to be six... They've only ever shown five of them over all of the films. There is one missing. It is apparently orange. And the, it's likely that they'll reveal it in uh, the movie that's coming up. But they are being so secretive about this movie, they are not releasing any more trailers. Because they said almost everything else is a spoiler. So right, well, you know what? I that think is it's clear this show is looking forward to seeing this one. Um, th- that is the entire breakdown of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, everything that we do know, and all the films that have happened. Thank you, guys. That was very long. That was a good, <laughs> long episode, but I'm glad we ended on like you know, a high note and everything. It was fun doing the show with you guys. Um, 
Final yeah. thoughts on the series of of podcasts? No, really. You know, I think. Oh, of our podcast. Of our sorry. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I think we said everything about Marvel. We, we're, we're done with Marvel. We're done. We're done. It was fun. We're I'm done. glad we got to watch some new stuff. There's some movies where we sort of roll our eyes at, but still, like, it's cool <laughs> to, have, um, to have seen those Friday the 13th movies. Now I can say I've seen a couple of them. All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us all, folks at home. Uh, mom and Dad, I'm sure, are still listening. Well, my, my, my mom listens. I don't think my dad does. Uh, I'm pretty sure my dad listens and my mom doesn't. But so. Fair enough. Alejandro, any final thoughts on the, the series? Uh, like um, Michael Caine said in Interstellar, we're a little bit uh, older. Yeah. A little bit more wiser. Uh, well, it was a fun ride. I enjoyed it. But as anything that starts has to end. Uh, and yeah, thank you for listening. And yeah, to be clear, we're not sad about this. This is a decision that we made. We weren't studio pressured to shut down. We just want to do other stuff. We want to get back to hanging out. We have to play D&D a bit and uh, stream some games, maybe. Uh, <laughs> so we just have other things that we want to do, and uh, it's it's time to move on to greener pastures, I guess. So uh, We had fun with this, and uh, well, thank you for whoever was tuning this podcast yeah yep and so I with that I guess it's lunch time guys indeed it is it is it's about time we go to lunch thank right. you for listening good night you're never too cool for school oh god <laughs> <laughs>